Hello, and welcome everybody to another episode of Anti, the podcast about people who have done some amazing things outside the mainstream, and today's guest is no different. Uh, I have to apologize because for the past month, I have been insanely busy due to another visit on conservative media. (laughs) If you don't know what's been happening this summer with me, you should probably take a look at my Instagram. I guess it would be the easiest place to find out what's going on. At Kevin Kelly USA. I don't know if I've ever said that on this podcast yet. So there it is. You can get, get kind of a uh, uh, understanding of what my summer has looked like, what my late summer has looked like. It's been super surreal. I got invited to the White House And then after that, I got invited to Fox News, specifically Fox and Friends, a TV show I myself have never watched, but that apparently a lot of America does. And I got invited because I have a company called Snakebite that makes bottle openers in St. Louis, Missouri, and we were chosen to represent Missouri uh, in the Made in America product showcase for this year. Very complicated thing that occurred. Uh, admittedly, I, I, I walked a thin line on this one, attending it and promoting it, but, uh, you don't get invited to the white house as a small business owner every day. It it was very strange. So enough about that though. So yeah, I've been, uh, fulfilling orders nonstop for the past month, working on some other business ideas um, getting ready for the gift season, the final quarter of the year. There's a lot of traveling. I had to go back up to New York, spent a day there, and I went to an awesome, awesome bar called uh, the Dead Rabbit. And it was really cool. I, I really enjoyed the atmosphere and the vibe there. It was an Irish bar, but there wasn't a green flag, a, a, a shamrock or an Irish flag anywhere in the bar. It just had its own unique persona and atmosphere and vibe to it that it's really hard to uh, explain. And I enjoyed that, especially after having just talked with Kevin Brennan in the last podcast about he's how he's achieved his atmosphere and aesthetic and ambiance. Um, aside from that, I went on a couple little trips throughout Missouri, went to this place called Innsbruck for the first time uh, for our birthday, and it was cool. Just a, a quick little getaway hanging out with some good people. Uh, this past weekend, I was in Kansas City for an art fair and a beer festival that we attended for Snakebite. And uh, this weekend, the first weekend in fall, I'm looking forward to just sitting put, not doing anything. Like I said, this was recorded a month ago. So a couple things have happened since then. Adrian had the show that he was talking about uh, take place in Columbia, Missouri, which I was fortunate enough to check out and stop by on my way to Kansas City. It was great. It was located in this store called Greens Co. Um, very well uh, curated and and developed uh, streetwear brand that has one of the most interesting and, and um, trying to think of other adjectives I can use here, uh, inviting storefront that I've seen in many places, much less Columbia, Missouri, which is a college town. 
It was a really cool place. I had the pleasure of meeting one of the co-founders or the owners with Adrian uh, either right before or right after we did this podcast. I can't remember. Um, But very nice guy, great design sense, and uh, they did a killer job on Adrian's show called We Matter, which we talk about quite a bit at length in this podcast. Adrian's been busy, of course, since then as well. He had a show, and then he also did a photo walk at the Apple Store in San Francisco. Um, And he's just been, if you know Adrian at all, you know it's hard for him to sit still for a long time, in a good way, I mean that. And also, it's amazing that I got him to sit down for two hours and talk to me. So we jumped back through his entire career, how he got into photography, how we met, our shared experience at Ferguson, Uh, and then how he's been doing since he left St. Louis and has been moving onward and upward since then. He has uh, a lot of accolades for uh, a younger photographer. He's been doing some great work, and it really just shows uh, if you take a look at his website or his feed. He's got a lot of interesting things to say, too, and he's, he's got some wisdom beyond his years. And I think that it would behoove anyone to sit down and listen to this, uh, photographer or not, creative or not. Uh, I think Adrian's got some power to his words and it comes across pretty, pretty evidently throughout this interview. This was one of the later podcasts I've ever done and you can kind of tell in our voices towards the end, Adrian had to drive back home and we were just both getting a little sleepy, uh, yet cracking up nonetheless. So I hope you enjoy this one. Uh, he is a good friend of me and as I like to call him, a true son of St. Louis. I hope you enjoy Adrian Octavius Walker on Anti. Right. Fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I just said I was going to try to stop cursing y'all. Why are you trying to stop cursing? That's why I started hitting record. What is, what's just, your problem? I, gotta, I just said I wasn't going to talk about this. but About cursing? <laughs> no. What I said I didn't want to talk about. Oh. I have a daughter. I just don't want to curse. Yeah. Like around her, obviously. But and I just don't want to do it. It's not even because of her honest. I just want to be able to stop yeah. doing something using other words or finding other words to say other than a curse word. Yeah, that makes sense. And but I just like curse words for fun. It's not like I have to use them. It's just for fun. Right. And, and it makes everything funny when you like telling a joke and you like you can't yes. be like it's an adjective you can't be like and a noun and he shat on himself <laughs> like, well, no, you can but you have to say that with an accent <laughs> you can't you shot on yourself <laughs> like you can't be like regular voice you gotta say but what about the idea that I'm uh, going to curse on the podcast y'all so she, don't even oh, don't worry about that I think everybody just, has I so far I don't want to though so just know well, I don't want to curse, but I'm going to curse. What about the idea that curse words of today are no longer curse words? Like what? Well, well like, they say shit on TV. You can say, yeah, shit. There's been a yeah. general progression. They of, said it on Stranger Things. I was like, oh, yeah. wow. Well, and I remember they, I can't even remember the first show. I think it was NYPD Blue or I some never shit, watched which that show I didn't watch ever. it either. <laughs> but I just retain these random ass facts but um you know i think that it's i find a lot of more parents are cursing in front of their kids yeah and 
I don't have a problem with it because the curse words of today have become common speech and there's different types of offensive words. Like yeah. Slurs yeah, 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 yeah. and epithets. Oh yeah. And those have an inherent meaning to them to where like, you know, fuck shit, ass, hell, bitch, damn, are colorful language that don't really have any negative meaning behind them. True. You know what I mean? True, true. And so, granted, we're not at the point yet, and we don't want our kids to just run around first, second, third grade, dropping F-bombs. Right. But I think it is um, something interesting to be like, look, this is just colorful speech. Mm -hmm. This is how we pepper our language, Mm -hmm. make it a little bit more interesting. And it's the intention behind what you say. Right, right, right. You know? No, I get it. You're saying happy shit with curse words in it. People know that you're having a good time. Right, right. Yeah, I'm like, I'm proud as fuck of you. You know? (laughs) (laughs) It took me so long. Yeah. But it's just more so meaning like I'm proud. And then that's another thing. It's just like you, you're a super smart kid and then you end up cursing because you got a bad grade. Does that make you a bad kid? It's like, yeah. no, you actually care. And you care that much that you use a curse word to express how you felt. Growing up in a Christian home, mm-hmm. I got more upset when my parents used curse words out of anger mm-hmm. than if they would have been, you did so fucking good today at mm-hmm. school. Like, mm-hmm. that would have hit me so much differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, 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 my parents didn't curse around me. They didn't, they didn't yeah. curse. I mean, my mom would curse here and there. Yeah. Well, yeah, she cursed, but she didn't like go crazy doing it. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like more like upset. My dad, he didn't, he didn't curse or whatever. When I thought, when I, when I was growing up and like very good Christian boy, mm-hmm. even thinking of a curse word, mm-hmm. I felt like repenting, dropping on my knees and giving, uh, you know, you were like, 10 minutes to you Jesus. You were holier than thou, bro, <laughs> their stories. And but, we're not going to get on that, obviously, but it's, everybody comes from a different background. Of and, course. And I think... I am more inclined to curse in company where there is no cursing. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm in company where there's a lot of cursing, mm-hmm. I don't want to say anything. Yeah, I haven't came across any people that's like, don't curse around me though. Like, yeah. we, we, I work in texts, we curse all the time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just. Or just, just in like situations that you typically wouldn't. Like, yeah, uh, we, we curse and it's just like, you're right. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> He was so fucking good to me. I miss his ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, no. this is already off to the best start, <laughs> right? But no, any. I just whatever, y'all. The moral to the story is that I'm going to curse, but I don't want to. Yes, I hear you. Welcome to the podcast for the betterness of your offspring. Mm-hmm. And I get that, and I respect that. That makes sense. Yeah, I think I really want to know what the first curse word is going to be. <laughs> oh, man. Do you remember yours? I don't. I do. As a kid, I was, I don't know if I cursed. I did, I did other dumb things as a yeah. kid. I, I, I did dumb, stupid boy things. For example? I used to pee in corners. Well, okay, that's, that's, you know. That's just the privilege of being able to pee in corners. But in the house. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And what happened when you got found out? <laughs> got my ass murdered. <laughs> I, and why I don't know that? why. Why'd you I do don't that? know. It's interesting. I, I, that's the only. I said I did stupid shit. That's the only stupid thing I used to do as like a little, yeah. dumb little boy. At like what age a, are we worst, talking about? 
I don't know, probably anywhere between like under ten, four and yeah, four. In th- six or seven. Like some, I don't know how long, but it's. I remember being scared to go to the bathroom by myself because it was a dark. I was about to make a joke so bad. <laughs> and I, thought, I, I remember. <laughs> go go for it. My abs hurt so bad. <laughs> I remember thought about a joke, y'all, and just didn't want to say it, but you knew. <laughs> Okay, all right. I, I'm not gonna say that. All right, mm-hmm. save it for the for. Okay. Save it for an hour from now. <laughs> now you have to say it. Oh. Was it something about what I said? I was scared to go to the bathroom by myself. Yeah, but it was. It didn't even relate to everything else. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> I just heard that Dave Chappelle was saying a lot of offensive stuff. Oh, on, on his, his new, new stand up, like he was saying, dropping the f bomb, and I'm not talking about f u c k. Uh huh. And so, but in a way that he was paraphrasing someone. Nah, I heard it was different. Like I heard it was different. Like, but that's his like, thing, though, right? I I don't know. I don't know what Dave Chappelle thing is. I don't know comedy. I don't understand comedy. If you funny, you funny. But yeah. like, if you're saying like offensive things to be funny, then yeah. But that's like but I don't in know his last two it. specials. That's I know, uh, I know. That's his, like, I know, and we all watched it. He approaches laughed. the things that you cannot say or that you're not supposed to say, and makes them approachable. And I'm humorous. still not going to say what I was going to say. All right, well, wait. Well, that's fine. Mm-hmm. We can we can file that away. Because look, man, I. More mindful, more conscious of yes. things, like for real. Two years ago, probably not, about two two and a half years ago, three, I probably would have been ripped ripped off. This is not going to be a boring talk, just because <laughs> I'm blocking my stuff. But I'm just I'm being a better person, guys. <laughs> well, I'm trying. Maybe you can teach me some things. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm stubborn, and uh, you know, I just I don't know. I think everybody can be a better person. I yeah, of course we can all be better people. I mean, especially if you're thinking about it. I think if you're thinking about being a better person, you already like putting the legwork in. Yes. And thought, thought preludes action. Yeah, so it's just like soon you're gonna do it. You gotta jump, you know, or you can't jump right into things. I feel like folks, including myself, who jump into things blindly and just mm-hmm. like just try to go off the rip. And, like go hard all the time. It's like I'm gonna go 100 percent the first time, and that's yeah. so much pressure on yourself. Yeah, you blow up. It's, it's and you be like, I can't do, I can't, I, I can't do self doubt. All this type of stuff to so start happening. Yeah, yeah, that's my mindset with a lot of things, uh, as you know. Mm-hmm. I, I like to let things out slowly, because uh, anytime things blow up or get a lot of attention behind them, you're probably gonna make a fucking mistake. Mm-hmm. That puts that in compromise. Yeah, puts in jeopardy. Yeah, so it's just like now, it's just like taking time. Just like I was taking my time earlier yeah. before we started this podcast. It took us, look, y'all. It took us thirty-two <laughs> minutes to write to, a caption for for me to write rewrite a caption, an important for caption, though, an important caption for Instagram. No, I don't trip off. I don't write a lot of captions. If you see my photos, it just say the person's name. The state the photo was taken in, uh, city, state, and then the year, and, and 
the medium. That's it. I don't really post a lot. And I learned that from buddy so whatever because after a while you know yeah captions is just and even if i put that i really don't feel like i need to put anything for nothing no more i used to really like try to follow the rules of social media yeah. to get likes and all that type of stuff like i think i did it for like i think everybody did everybody did you can't sit up here and lie and if you are one of those people that's lying like i never did it for i mean that's that's cool I, it's probably some people i know it's some people out there but you know but after a while, it didn't take me long to, like, not care anymore. Right. Because, A, I felt like I had, like, a core cool following that actually know me mm-hmm. or been following me. And these are people today that been following me for years. And I, I have proof of that because they always bring up May Monarchs. May Monarchs yep. is this old. I'm old I don't want to say old. May Monarchs is uh, three friends of mine and plus me back in college. We had a... Uh, uh, online media company is what we called it called Made Monarchs and we used to throw events here in St. Louis parties uh, we just created cool content and did cool stuff as college students so it's Darren Jana and Skip what's and the last names Jana Woodard uh, so he went by Twiggy Kicks mm-hmm. Darren Nesbitt went by mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Nesbitt and then Skip goes by the skipper skip mm. jones great guy yeah and so yeah we just did cool stuff and we did it here in the city that we love and we ventured off after that and so you're saying that you are circling back to the type of people that have following you since back in the yeah, day yeah reconnecting it's the same, with them yes yeah, the same the same people pretty much it's just like kind of known off of that because we did like yeah. some really cool stuff well and i think you know the intention when Instagram first came out was that um, you saw people kind of blowing up and Mm -hmm. it was just like any new platform. But I also found out that they're blowing up like, all right, man. Yeah, it was. It's a few homies out there that got this email. So I'm not throwing any shots at y'all. Yeah. But that email, I got a good buddy that worked at Instagram. Mm -hmm. But, uh, that worked at Instagram and there's the email to get out to go out that says you're verified and all this type of stuff mm-hmm. y'all that shit wasn't real bro that was no, a I'm bot sure. because you see all the followers you get they all fake people right and they all from like foreign countries and stuff like that yeah and it's, that wasn't real bro but coming from a platform that like Flickr which yeah. is what I was heavy into mm-hmm. which preluded Instagram and if you're a photographer, unless you're that, uh, unless you're Vivian Meyer, you want your photographs to be seen. You want people to interact with them. You want them to react with them. And so, with Flickr, we're talking um, a tenth of the impact or impressions that you could have on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But it was a tight. Like we got tons of comments. People going, "Where are you? What are you doing? Well, yeah, you, what I is mean- this? How'd you shoot this?" And then Instagram came along. And basically streamline that whole social interaction aspect, mm-hmm. and people just ate that shit up. Yeah, I mean that it's human nature. I, yeah, it's human. I'm not gonna sit up and diss any social media platforms no. whatsoever because I use all of them. Mm-hmm. So, but I would definitely say like Instagram took a toll on a lot of people, and I feel like the way their thoughts how they thought about themselves how they thought about the things that they 
they that they do. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's crazy. It's crazy because I always think like I wonder did they do run tests on this, but you I personally know people who hell I've done it. I've done everything in the damn books. If a photo didn't get a certain amount of likes, I'm gonna erase it. Or if it just like didn't like uh if it if it didn't perform well, you right. know, it's just like if it's not performing at the same level as uh the other ones, it just doesn't match up then, you know. But it's like I'm doing this for y'all. Yeah. Or me. Right. And that's the thing. And it's just like and I granted I have posted things that I didn't post it in the right order or I just didn't like how it actually looked once it was on the feed and mm-hmm. I just took it down because mm-hmm. I just didn't like how I look on the feed. That's more so for me because I just kind of like things to look a certain way, obviously. Yeah. That's not for anybody else, but the performance piece is real. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I feel like everybody has went through it. And shout yeah. out to those who haven't, like, you know, like who just did social media just for another escape and just did it for themselves and knew they were doing it for themselves or whatever. But I don't know. I think that's why it's just like cool that there are outlets out there that don't have that ability, the whole liking and commenting function. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, that's kind of the new wave of how everything's headed. You know, I still am suspect of the intentions behind it. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you talk about the ones that don't. Yeah, I mean Visco. I worked there. You know, I worked there. We don't well, have yeah, comments yeah. stuff like that. Like, but I literally our motto is you know discover, create, connect. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like, and then we that's what we want folks to come and do and build, then find community. Yeah, and it's pretty dope because like a lot of the photographers that use Visco to upload, so they oh. are mind blowing. It's cool. Mind blowing. And how? Like, and granted, we do have like you can message right. each other, but if you have to follow one another yeah. to be able to do that, but how's the membership base in terms of? That doesn't have the membership doesn't have nothing to do with that. Yeah, the membership is based on like new features and like uh, uh, presets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But no, it has nothing to do with that. Right. Yeah. So you can comment on a photo in you, Visco? No. 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 You can I can at you okay. somebody if mm-hmm. me and you follow each other. Yeah. But you can't comment. You can like. Yeah. Or yeah. I do think that the the experience Well it's not called like for us, it's called favorite. Favorite it. Mm-hmm. I do think the experience uh and the layout of the of the app is um Beautiful. I mean, that's because we have some of the most talented. I've never UX met designers and that dude, kind of stuff. I, I created director, bro. Mm-hmm. I've never met a person that we don't even talk as much as I wish we could. Mm-hmm. But I like look up to in a way like that. The his performance level. What's his name? Man, he probably will. Oh, he doesn't want it. He probably don't even want me to say his name, bro. <laughs> he don't have to worry because this is. He know who the hell I'm talking about, and I'm just gonna respect that. That's cool. Um, I'll let him know that I talked about him, or my yeah. friends can let him know. There you go. But uh, and his team, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, not to mention his team. Like, folks over at the office in NYC was just freaking for everybody in that office. Yeah. Whether I talk to them or not, I'll say today are the most phenomenal people that I've met and was able to ever work with or work along because their creativity level was to a place that I never even... And I have some dope creative friends. Uh, a lot of them. I, I can say this about a lot of my friends. I'm talking about people that I actually worked with, with at an actual company. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. So not my friends. friends. I know y'all are amazing too, but like these individuals, it's like... It's on another level. I would drop another... I would drop one name. Man. Probably like, Yo Keem, it's like this dude... <laughs> He's like a big bear, <laughs> Swedish bear. <laughs> Swedish and, bear. Yeah, you see, because he's Swedish, and he's just amazing. That's great. Super cool. Homeboy <coughs> Fiel is super dope. Uh, Anna, I love Anna and Rob, both of them. I love Anna. Anna is so tight. I looked. I looked up to Anna like before I got. At Visco, and it was crazy. We got hired at the same time. For the first time, when we got hired, yeah, it was, oh. yeah, we got, we started at the same time, December first, two thousand fourteen. Oh I was God. like, what? <laughs> I'm like working with, and like I'm, I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. And then there's a lot of other talented people, man. I can go all day. I can rip well, through all day. Let's on, let's on let's that. let's dial. Yeah. Let's go backwards a little bit because. For people that don't know Adrian Octavius Walker, <clears throat> uh, I want to kind of paint a little biographical picture of where you've come from, where you've been, how you got to where you are now. Um, and I think it's uh, truly inspiring. And as someone who's been lucky enough to meet you near the beginning of your uh, you know, immediate professional journey, it's been beautiful watching you flourish and grow into the person that you are. I was trying to think today of the introduction I gave you at that uh, St. Louis Design Week mm-hmm. presentation, and I didn't plan any of that. But you know, I you know, I think when you don't plan things like this podcast, mm-hmm. you tap into something a little bit more real, a little bit more authentic, and you don't um, your brain doesn't check what your heart is saying about the person that you're talking with. I think that's a good thing. And that introduction, uh, I think James Victoria was the designer who was doing the the event. But to be honest, I talked to so many people who came out there for you. Mm. And how many years was this ago now? This was 2015, 16? Mm-hmm. 2015, 16. And so you have this internationally renowned designer uh, doing the keynote at St. Louis Design Week, and I guarantee you half of the room came out for my good friend Adrian here. <laughs> and the, I think the ironic thing was that you left right after you did your presentation because uh, you're hard to keep in one spot, notoriously. Yeah. You probably had a photo shoot or meeting up with some friends or whatnot. That had to be 14 then because I started Visco in December 2014. Wow. Five years ago. That's crazy. Was it that long ago? You were showing off a specific body of work that I can't recall at was the it moment. Ferguson? 
No, no it, was, it was not Ferguson. Uh, it was uh, it had to be uh, it was a uh, street beautification then. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. And uh, I can't remember exactly what I said to introduce you, but I think this will play into the conversation later. But um, I think you were at the beginning of your portraiture work. And I think mm-hmm. you were starting to understand what it is that you were good at and what you wanted to shoot. Right. And I uh, started to understand why you were doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that like you were capturing not only photographs, but cultural movement. And I think I said, like, yada, 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 a true son of St. Louis. And I, mm-hmm. love, I love that title. <laughs> That's pretty tight. But uh, a lot of people applauded, and it was dope. <laughs> <laughs> and then you gave an excellent presentation. But, um, yeah, we were just talking the other night about how we met. Mm-hmm. And I think it was at Blank Space yep. uh, on Cherokee Street. Shout out to Blank Space Shout family. out to everybody associated with that. Um, some of you will be on the podcast here sooner or later. Mm-hmm. And um, which uh, basically for people not from St. Louis, it was this uh, venue in St. Louis that had an amazing energy behind it. A lot of people coming together, coalescing for a similar aim of connecting with um, everybody in their community putting out culture and music and poetry and and uh, and and just a great vibe from about well whatever you know from from whenever it started to whenever it went on a little bit of hiatus. Mm-hmm. So I met you one night. We were hanging out. Somebody said you're a photographer, and uh, I think uh, about a week or two later we went on. Uh. <laughs> we went on a. Uh, Man, I guess excursion. Excursion. Uh, now it sounds lame as fuck, but it was basically urban exploration. <laughs> it was urbex, and I mean, but there's in St. Louis urban exploration. I feel like we holds are, a little more context. Yeah, I, f- I feel like I don't know. I'm I, I, I'm not that person, but like we started it, right. but I because there are abandoned 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 buildings everywhere. Yeah. But I mean, hell, we had a whole segment on Vice about our yeah. abandoned building. Yeah, so, I forgot about that, which you were a part of. Right, right. Yeah. it's crazy. I forgot about that. I was on her recently. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, I was on that stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Urbex game here, I, and I did it with friends in the past too, and it's just dope because a lot of history here. Exactly. And like, yeah. I think. That I, history of that freaking building we were in. Yeah. The. Uh, the uh, Clemens Mansion. Yeah, the Clemens Mansion, which is not there anymore. <clears throat> no, it burned down, um, unfortunately. Uh, but there's a lot of um, politics and background that even go into that building specifically with, uh, you know, developers and Paul McKee is a big mm-hmm. name if you want to Google that up. <laughs> Disgusting. Right. And um, and I that was the first time we ever hung, like hung out on our own with our buddy Ernesto Pacheco. Hey, what? Great guy. Shout out to Ernesto. Where and you at, bro? What do you remember from that day? Bro, I found some kittens. <laughs> I found kittens. I rescued kittens <laughs> on a roof of a building. You found fucking adorable little sweet baby kittens <laughs> on the top floor of this jankity ass building where you could have fallen through at any minute. And Adrian fucking picks up the, like, he's like, I got to take these home. 
I got to not, not home, but I have to rescue these kittens. Yeah. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, Adrian, like these are just kittens in an abandoned building. What are you thinking? And he's like, no, I have to do it. And the way he stated it to me made me one, believe him and to help you. And that moment has always stood out in my mind because it uh, kind of represents who I think of you as a person mm-hmm. and just caring about these small things, right. these small creatures that you found on the top of a third floor of a, a building that was about to burn down anyways. Exactly. Shoot. Yeah, I want to make you cry. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, uh, and uh, yeah. the put uh, my book bag. You, yeah, put your book bag, hit up uh, uh, 10th Life Cat Rescue and uh, donated to them. Yep. And they ensure that every uh, kitten that's donated stays alive. So, man, I should have kept one. So, that was our first time hanging out. I want to know prior to that because I only know a little bit about it. I mean, I know I know a rough outline, I know um, some key moments in your life. Um, but when, what time did you pick up your first camera? Uh, I'll say I picked up my first camera. Like officially when May Monarch started, mm-hmm. well, not May, not when May Monarch started. I can rewind on that. Basically, in college, mm-hmm. like I was a freshman or whatever, I was going to take a photo class. Yeah. Uh, I was going to take a. Just because you said this sounds yeah. cool, did you have disposables I, when you were well, a kid? No, nah, well, I did have disposables, of yeah. course, but I was going to take a. Uh, my major is going to be photo, but this was in 2000 and when I graduated college, 2010. Mm-hmm. So this is like in 2006. And uh, I've been shooting since around that time. But uh, I noticed that I had to get a uh, my own camera. So I didn't, I couldn't afford my own camera because right. I was paying for school and all that type of stuff. So I didn't have the money mm-hmm. to go out and find a vintage camera, even though you can get a Canon AE one for like $30. Yeah. Nothing now. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't even, Oh, you're saying Canon film. Yeah. AE film one. camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even know what they, I probably could have found one in like the yard sale or something like that. Something. Um, but yeah, and I ended up dropping a class. So it was around that time. But then like the second year I ended up picking up something like a Minolta or probably like a Canon AE one and took it from there mm-hmm. as far as like film goes. What was, uh, I mean, at, at that point they were still teaching film in college. They were still teaching film in college, which was dope. Because when I entered, you know, which was much earlier, <laughs> about 10 years prior, the, um, film was still the, the focus and digital just hadn't gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. In the next 10 years, I had even heard of colleges, uh, going away with their film processing, mm-hmm. which was disappointing right. to me. But luckily, Umsel still had a lab. Yeah, Umsel had a lab, and that's where I was at majority of the time. Like, I didn't wear a watch at times in there or like, yeah. nothing because I just wanted to be with the film. Yeah, darkroom time is endless. Yeah. It's so great. I, like I miss tests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Effing around with the film <laughs> and stuff like that and processing. So it's just like, dang, oh, this man. is where I'm at. So it's, it was really dope. Did you start picking up digital classes at the same time or no? Uh, uh, Skip Jones taught me how to shoot digital photography. Mm-hmm. He taught me how to use a digital camera. So you start up Made Monarchs at what, what year were you in in, in college? 
that's sophomore going into junior, I believe. Like okay. sophomore. It's like 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. just some like minds that said, let's start up something, try and get something going. Yeah, it was Darren who started it off. Darren had a, uh, po- I mean, not a podcast. He had a uh, blog called Nesbit Overnight, and only mm-hmm. us three, Skip and Jono, would look at it. Mm-hmm. And he just asked if we wanted to be a part of it, but then we changed the name completely. The only three of you were looking at it? It was, it was basically like the main three folks that oh, were looking cool. at the uh, yeah, cause we were all friends, so he was up once. I was looking at the content. Gotcha. And Darren is like a, he's a genius too, man. He's, just, he's been on social media for so long. Yeah. To the point that I feel like I almost get mad and think like, why he didn't come up with like Twitter or Instagram <laughs> or something like that? Because mm-hmm. he's been on it. Plus, like he's been in the know of like blogging, social media trend. And all that type of stuff mm-hmm. for such a long time. And it's just like crazy. And now he just, he loves it, but he don't give a F about it either. Yeah. You know? I think that's the end result. Yeah. <laughs> so what, um, and so then you start throwing parties. Yeah. We start throwing. Hosting events and hosting documenting events, them. All this type of stuff going to South by Southwest. Started a trend. I can say, you know, people start going to South by Southwest and we took a bus. We were recording it the experience and all that type of stuff. It was like vlogging. Yeah. Dang. We didn't even know that. We yeah, just, at the time? No. We were we were vlogging, y'all. And there was literally nothing else going on in the city that I felt that I knew about. Yeah, I mean... I think you guys... Uh, you, you, you put it out there in such a way that people took notice. I remember yeah. like the little uh, cartoon drawings of uh, yep. all you guys. Mm-hmm. Those and are still around the city of places. There was still a good amount of mystery to it. And so it made you interested. You kept hearing the name, made monarchs like, what is this? What's going on? What are they doing? Just some kids in college. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that because Figured it shows it an inclination to things that mm-hmm. would come. Yeah, yeah, of course. And that's what's tight about it. You know, it's like being in a place and noticing like there are is literally nothing for young adults to do yeah. on a Friday night other than right. get in trouble. Right. Or those, you know, no diss to the people who throw night club parties, but let's, it's the same stuff, the same type of vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't go in there as yourself. You can't Some wear a white tee. Yeah. You can't wear a hat. You know, you got to be by all these rules and stuff like that. Like, so you basically going to places where you just can't be you. Right. And this is maybe where I started cursing it because I was like, damn, it's like you literally telling me I can't come to a place based off what I got on. Like, you this is me. dress code. It's like school. Yeah, dress code. Right. I'm like, and I'm not against dress codes like a thousand and one percent. I get sometimes it's. I get sometimes, but when you stress certain things, you yeah. kind of look at that as like, all right, so who are you talking to? Like, yeah. I can't wear this and nobody can wear this. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Or, you know, stuff like that. Or it's just, it literally is just like that or mm-hmm. whatever. It's places in Oakland. That's where I currently live at right now. And it says, this is club that says no white tee, no plain tee, no do right, no hat, no. I'm like, damn, I, I can't be me. Why no 
plain white it said, tees. You know, it said no, no tea, no plain tea, you know, no colors. So lime green, blue, navy. Why? I don't know, bro. They want you coming there looking uh, like. Is that relating to like old school Crips and Bluff color? Bro, I don't know what it's related to. I don't know what it means. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if anybody, that the motherfuckers you want to look for is the motherfuckers that wear them t- long sleeve shirts tied up to the <laughs> neck. They probably the ones that you want to worry about anyway. <laughs> I'm loose and feeling good, you know. <laughs> he can't breathe. So, would you say um, what kind of kid were you in college? Hmm. Like you, I don't picture you being a clubber. I wasn't say. a clubber, but I did go out. I had friends that went out. Um, yeah. Yeah, we we went out. I wasn't in the, I wasn't in there like studying or nothing like that. But I mean, I did study. Yeah, I didn't like like. I mean, I remember one time when Nas came to the pageant. I uh-huh. wanted to go hella bad, and mm-hmm. I took my flashcards with me, <laughs> like at the concert, <laughs> like straight. I'm going to get an A on this test tomorrow. So I'm like literally like studying at a concert. You know? One eye on flashcards, one eye on not. Bruh. And I ended up getting a really good grade. I got a B plus on that test, I remember. <laughs> so, you know, it was cool. But I, that's, so, so you would say you have one foot, in academia. One, one foot in the scene and one foot in being a good student. Yeah, I tried to definitely be a good student to make decent grades. It yeah. wasn't like I was trying to like... I was trying, but I was just like, but and I did end up making like a really good GPA and all that type of stuff. And and you were paying for school. Dean's list. Uh, I took out some loans. And I had got yeah. like one. Uh, I got one scholarship and one. What's it called? Uh, grant. Grant. Yeah. 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 Quick. All right. So as someone who has also paid for their own schooling. This is See a quick, you for my schooling. Sorry, I'm yawning. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a, why don't you take a sip of that? <laughs> no, that's what's probably putting me to sleep. <laughs> what do you, uh, I'm just curious to think, this has popped into my head. What do you think about free college? I think it would be amazing as hell. Dude. Dude. See, I know people who are still paying loans and they twice my senior. Yeah. Oh, I, I know tons of people still paying loans. And I don't think that that's right. I don't think schools should put you into debt for a, a third or fourth or fifth of your adult life. But at the same time, I don't think that it should also cost nothing. Because I feel like if you don't sacrifice something or put value into it or pay for it, then you're not necessarily going to treat it with the same respect. Think, I mean, but you got people who went who didn't treat it with the same respect. People, oh, well, yeah, but they didn't pay for it. <laughs> I mean, some of them did. Some of them just didn't care. True. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And it doesn't matter if they paying for it. It's still a waste. It is a waste. So, I mean, I know it's a complicated conversation, but I do think that you have to... F- no, I get... I, I swear I get what you're saying, though. You... you because, I mean, cause, but you got to think now, honestly, now, just put it like this. First off, I didn't... My I came from... A really my my I love my high school, but I didn't have the best uh, counselors. Mm-hmm. It's an inner city school, so I didn't have a good counselors that helped me get to where I'm at or where I ended up being. Yeah, I didn't have that or whatever. I had to kind of like learn on my own. The best thing my high school did, I feel like, was when we had this program where we went to UMSL and took sociology and anthropology, mm-hmm. and then we went to Rankin and mm-hmm. we were learning like trade. 
and nobody knew and I didn't I was I didn't either but we were really in college yeah in high school yeah and so like studying was a thing and motherfucker I ain't study for none of that stuff I was like study I'm going home and get on this on this on this NBA 2K <laughs> or this Madden or whatever I was doing back in school Grand Theft Auto that's what I was on you know I wasn't about to go study yeah. or whatever and then I ended up getting a C plus in sociology mm-hmm. and a D in anthropology mm-hmm. and uh, I was like damn that was real school huh that wasn't a trial version that was some I didn't know that I was in college I didn't really it didn't register was in my it dual head. credit yeah like and I got I got credit yeah I got credit so I had started off uh, uh, at UMSU that's where I ended up going with six credit hours oh awesome mm-hmm. yeah it was kind of my path as well yeah, so uh-huh. that, was, that was pretty tight. So I think schools, what I'm getting at is basically, I feel like, if anything, schools sh- should have more of programming based yeah. around what you're interested in. Yes. And if I would have knew about, like, say, for instance. Even like at we an had, early age, too. Yeah, say, for the instance. The earlier, the better, to be Right, honest. right, right. Say, for instance, we had uh, tools like uh, Linda. Yeah. Or. Uh, Linda.com. Linda.com, but what's, yeah. it's another one out too uh, that you can sign up to be like a, a, a Skillshare. Skillshare. Mm-hmm. Bruh. Dude, it's the future. Dog, I'm learning, I've learned a hell of stuff on those, both of those platforms. Yeah. And it's just like, it's an industry what? now. It's if legit. This, if this was our, a subscription yeah. of $20, yep. I'm learning every damn thing. Yeah. I don't have to. No, school, this, this is school. What schools should be teaching, I think, is the desire to learn. The, yeah, the desire. And, and also, you know, another thing I feel like we didn't have back in the day that we have technology, obviously. Yeah. And like design. I, you, I didn't really trip off of how design plays a big part of someone's experience. Mm-hmm. So say, for instance, like those little flat-ass flashcards, if they weren't flat. Yeah. It was more like the shape of the number, but on a card. Yeah. You'd be like, you know, that'd make, I know as a kid, that probably would have made me like think like, wow. Are you saying the number was uh, like it was raised. embossed? Something like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like what if it was that? And so of, like that, that was like tactile learning. Yeah. And you felt that yeah. and you associated with it, what yeah. was ever on the card. Yeah, and then you learn two things at once. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like sign or something like that. Or Well, it's, you know, everybody wants to fucking learn stuff throughout life. And the things that impede them are emotional and, um, you know, just feeling like they shouldn't be or like having a fucked up situation. But everybody wants to learn and everybody has a different way of learning. Mm-hmm. It's not always a teacher talking to you. Right. It's not always, um, you know, watching something. Exactly. Sometimes it's purely auditory. Sometimes it's tactile. You need to touch something and associate it with something else. That's how I am with art. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I go to the art museums and I, you probably would not want to go to a museum with me, y'all. <laughs> because I'm an asshole when it comes down to modern art. you trying like to touch everything? <laughs> no, I'm not touching stuff. It's talking shit kidding. about it. Uh, I do want to touch a lot of stuff, but yeah, I, I don't too. make an attempt. No, I don't either. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, but I still talk stuff. I remember when we had went to, uh, what's the joint in London? Uh, the Tate? No, no, no. That's in New York. No, not the Tate. I think it's Tate Modern. 
Yeah. Tate Modern is in. You, that's in London. Yeah. Right? I think it was a Tate. Yeah, I yeah. went there. Yeah, it was a Tate. Man, I seen, I was going in on stuff, man. What do you mean? Critiquing I, it? Yeah, not really critiquing Not really critiquing it. Just saying it was like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> like, some some modern day art to me, I'd be like, man, this shit. Y'all making a big deal out of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that ironic, though, for an artist to say? It is. It is ironic because they probably would have said the same thing about my shit. Well, you know, I, which I would accept, you know what I'm saying? Because what, what does my work mean to you versus what it means to me? Of course. And, I, and So I didn't know what the hell Vincent Van Gogh was thinking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't know, but I did see it. And yeah. I'm like, mm, I don't give a fuck about that, <laughs> you know? But you also have to recognize the and evolution. Also, and that's what I'm about to say. I, and I didn't know their stories either. Right. So I'm just looking at their art. Mm-hmm. I said the same thing about Basquiat. So sorry, yes. y'all. Oh, you dissed Basquiat, bro. I, I didn't. I just didn't. I was looked at. It, I didn't get. But I, well, I yeah. saw his documentary and learned about him. Mm-hmm. That's what it took a toll on me and my learnings and my thought process on Basquiat. To be honest, or whatever. I think that's why people get so obsessive about art because it represents you self actualizing and and realizing. That other people are going through a struggle. And that's the thing. That's why I'm so attracted to a lot of my friends who are artists. Yeah. So much. Mm-hmm. I can name so many of them. Jumbo, Muse, Soleil, Utunde, uh, uh, my whole collective. Yeah. Fucking well, I think- Ace, like Yoni, Chris Martin, Chris Birch. Like everybody in a collective, fucking Jared, like all of us, we're like I like super close mm-hmm. to the point that, like, when they do things, it touches me and emotion, like emotionally, because I yeah. like, damn, not only you're a homie, a friend, like I broke bread with you, and I'm, but I'm a part of something with you, and you're really, really good at what you do, yeah. and like the the passion you put into it is like. I don't just see this painting or this photograph. I yeah. feel it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it like, I feel it. And I'm like, God damn, dude. Like, you know you did this? Like, you know you did this, right? <laughs> and it, to them, it's nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But to me, I'm like, I'm like blown away every time. And they probably think I'm gassing, but I'm like, dude, you have no idea. Well, I think that people that are young and young in thought don't respect art because they aren't far enough along in their own personal uh, experience to know what art represents. Well, I don't necessarily think there's a wrong way to do art. No, I agree completely. Or whatever, you know. But when people say, you know, obviously the obvious things are like, I could have done that. You know, give me give me a paintbrush and So that's and that's the thing. I made dumbass comments like that too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I'm basing that off of how it actually looks, not half the feeling behind it. Right. I don't know what Basquiat was going through when he did half of the things he did, but I do know it came from something. Right. And I can say it to this day, I apologize to the family of Basquiat, anybody, <laughs> for like, you know, because it was dumb. You know what I'm saying? I'm just more so looking at. Well, you like weren't I making said, public formal statements. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I was saying amongst people, but I just feel bad. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Going back to like, I'm saying like being conscious of like thought and like what I'm saying because it's like I don't know shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And 
granted, if anybody say stuff about me, I probably would feel a certain way too. And but it's like you don't know what I'm going through or how I'm feeling or the conversation I had with that person mm-hmm. to be able to make that photograph or whatever. Right. You know what I'm saying? So. You, to you, it may be just another photo of a man wearing a do rag, but right. to like me and him or whatever, and the team that was there helping me assist with this project, mm-hmm. it means much more. Right. And uh, and I'm not saying I've been this. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't care either. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got their own opinion. Uh, but I can only speak on the amount of love that the work is getting or whatever. Yeah, and I think that's how art should be created. I think that this whole idea behind artists who have grown exponentially with social media, that's great. But originally art was created in communities because people had strong feelings about their fellow person. Exactly. And I think that falls in line with those people who, what they did art for back then. Mm -hmm. And then now, even having friends that are like, like I always speak of my collective, that would tell you otherwise. Yeah. And not like, you know, they won't let you get away with saying stupid shit. Right. You know, that. Well, bro, it's, I am, I think, you know, I'm not saying pointing favorite, but you tune day, I love her a lot. Mm-hmm. And. Who? You tune day, I love them a lot. I love them a lot. They go, uh, you tune day goes by they, them. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. I love you tune day a lot. Uh, and they just held me down. Yeah. So much when it comes to language, knowing mm-hmm. and being mindful of things. Mm-hmm. And they just, I don't know, it's just amazing like to be a part of a community like that and uh, learn from them. Uh, the whole Oakland community, honestly, I've learned more being in that city for going on five years now than I would say like St. Louis. I can. Sure. As far as being conscious about things, and plus stuff you're like older that. and wiser at the that same too. time. That too. So it's just like, so what I'm getting is just like being able to have people in your circle that will tell you otherwise. Definitely. Instead of like letting you get away with yeah stupid shit. Not just yes men. Yep. Or women. Yep. Um. So what was the big break then after Made Monarch? I know that you had an experience with uh, a performer. Yeah, I mean. After the, at the May Monarchs, it was just like me going to school, graduating, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, trying to do all those things at once, trying getting to... Re- fin- getting a job. Yeah, getting a job at Pepsi, trying to finesse ways to leverage Pepsi to get me going to places like South by Southwest and all that type of stuff. So I was always in a, a thought-provoking mindset. Yeah. You know, I remember when they announced that Beyonce was going to be the face of Pepsi. Mm-hmm. And then Dude, South by Southwest was... What year was that? That's what I'm saying. It was 2000... That was 2009? No. Or no, no, you no, were no, out of college. It was like 12. Okay. It was like 2012, yeah. I quit in 2000, I believe, 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 13 to go on a tour with Solly. And that's what we're about to get into. So that's what I met. I was I met him. I met Stolly, performing artist. At the time, he was with Made by Music. Now he's uh, independent. Um, met him through uh, booking him through Made Monarchs mm-hmm. or whatever, and stayed cool with him and management and stuff like that. Ended up going on a tour with him, so supporting artists. Uh, he was a supporting awesome. artist for Lupe Fiasco. That's a great connection. Already, because 
something that you self-initiated to bring in an artist and then that turns around and it turns into kind of a ticket yeah, to see I, the country. And, yeah, and also just not being afraid to take risk or whatever. I learned how to risk, take risk then or whatever, uh-huh. honestly, like leaving home and... Had you been away before? No, not like that. Hell yeah. no. Shh. 45 cities, 35 days. <laughs> oh, I just right. got tired thinking about this. <laughs> just got tired. Like, literally, just got tired mentally. I'm surprised I didn't get sick during that time. Nothing. No doubt. But I was actually like in some of the best shape of my life, too. Back time. then. Mm-hmm. And so you were, uh, this artist hit you up to document live performances. Live performances, yeah. Uh, just a day, day in, day out lifestyle as a couple maybe a couple performances a day right? yeah he would perform like like a full i think at the time like 15 20 minutes set mm-hmm. for lupe yeah and this was you were shooting digital then at this point right i was shooting digital but i did have a so film quick. camera with me though really i had the nikon n67 or something like that like mm-hmm. it was a digital film camera okay yep. And but most of the time you're spending, you know, you gotta get the shots out for social media. Yeah, so I'm spending a lot of time editing. And shout out to Morgan, my wife. Uh, she put me onto Visco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, so I found this cool app. This is her to this day. Yeah, just finding everything. I can't send a shit because she already know about it. Which everybody knows. What are you talking about? Visco. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you gotta know about it now. But uh, yeah, she put me onto that app and i was like damn it's like it's explaining what it does and all that type of stuff i was like and then on top of that it bought me like the 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 presets of oh. or lightroom the plugins i didn't know that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's beautiful actually yeah um so you you shot with them for a crazy ass 30 days mm-hmm. came back i think that's when we met mm-hmm. honestly and then I came back straight to a drink for Blake Space. <laughs> Give me a drink. <laughs> no, I think you were working the door. We all worked the door oh, at Blake yeah. Space. I worked the door. I can't even remember hey, how many times I worked Blake it. Blake Space just needs to go ahead and just turn into a motherfucking community center. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> all it, our asses are working. Yeah, it, it, it has. Yeah. They paid yeah. at the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, But when you think about it, that's what it was. <laughs> what fuck was sleep there and shit? Like, no doubt. Yeah, there was semi-living quarters upstairs. Yeah, it was cool. Point. It was like community. <laughs> yeah. Like true community vibes. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's where I met some of the most interesting people I know. Yeah, there. all rap artists started performing there. I mean, informing groups and becoming friends. Like, yeah. Community center. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Youth Community Center. Right. <laughs> they serve alcohol. So, what, uh, <laughs> you then, you were still working at Pepsi, but you were trying to actively get out of it. And I think you just quit, right? I quit for the, for the tour. For the tour. Mm-hmm. Okay. I quit. Like, I, I, we wrote, Morgan, I wrote my, uh, two weeks right there at Giordano's in Chicago. That's where I was at when I got the phone call. What were you doing up there? Uh, I think we just, I don't remember. Visiting? I think we were just visiting. Yeah. I don't remember what we were doing, but that's where we were at together, yeah. And so you quit, and then what was your um, what was your intention then? What were you going to do? I, I quit to go on a tour. Like I said, it was starting in two weeks. After the tour, though? 
Oh, after that? Yeah. I was going to freelance. Yeah. And it started to work. Yeah, I made, no, I made, I made $2,700, I mean $27,000. Your first year freelance. Yeah. You want to know how much I made my first year? What? No, no, actually, it wasn't my first year. I quit my job in 07. Mm -hmm. Okay. My first year was good, actually. Uh, In 2009, right before the recession hit, I made $9,250. Damn. Which is under the poverty level, dude. I was booming. I don't know, what the fuck. <laughs> but I, I didn't know it know that until I like did my taxes. Cause, yeah, uh, my father in law did it for me, and I was like, "Damn, I, I did that." <laughs> I was like, "That's that's tight." Which is, I think, speaks to you and your personality to begin with. Yeah, that you'd be able to score that much freelance again. Uh, years ago. And that was years ago. Right. Back so that 27 was then Ooh. was like 40 something now. I probably would have stayed, y'all. Yeah. On me. <laughs> but what happened then? You just kept um, making connections and having... Yeah. You started I, to get a lot gallery of con- shows, a lot, I remember. Yeah. A lot of con- con- connections I made was during the time when I was on the tour. I stayed in contact with people and then... Right. The rest is history. Man, we just took a break and said, <laughs> can I get some coffee? I do not drink coffee, but I need some. Because I'm like. You just, you're the first person to ruin the seamless nature of this podcast. Really? <laughs> well, I'm aiming for eventually doing nonstop live podcast because I think it's like the truest form when people can't um, censor or edit anything that they're saying in real life. Cause that's how it should be. Wait, you you gotta you gotta edit stuff. No, but I go back and listen through it at this point to make sure that. Oh, okay. I'm staying interesting and perfecting oh, okay. what I'm yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. do. Yeah. So you saying what I was about to say wasn't interesting? No, no. You just go. Oh. We just took a break. <laughs> oh, I mean, I wanted them to know the, the truth. I was like, shit. Well, are we gonna take <laughs> talking? Shit. I want. Yeah, we took. I, a, I had a pee, y'all. And I'm. I'm it's, what time is it? It's late. It's, uh, this is the latest podcast. So yeah, far. man. I got to drive out to North County tonight. You know how fucking far North County is? On the south side? Bro, I don't know. It takes 20 minutes to get out of North County, man. God damn. Lindbergh? Ugh. <laughs> well, let's just keep going. Well, let's keep going. I just think about that dumbass drive. Yeah, don't think about Lindbergh. That's a long, long, long road. Ass road if you're not in St. Louis, you can Google that one and add like 50 stoplights. Right. Per. And that's north. <laughs> I went to school in South Lindbergh. Oh, my God. Right. Wait, where? Sparing Middle School. That's where I went. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> Sparing bros. The fucking Oh my god. Dude. Yeah, I went to sparing. Well, my educational past is insane. I am weak. The Flyers. Yes, I went to sparing. Lindbergh Flyers, y'all. I was never good enough to be on any sports team. I, I was on the basketball team, actually. Now that I think about it. Our first friend at Sparing was a white dude named Andrew Kennedy. And he had a low haircut. And he had on bad hair clothes and I did. <laughs> And we found out that we used to shop at the same place, fucking Burlington Coat Factory. <laughs> and he was my friend. <laughs> he, he like a white version of me. 
but cooler. <laughs> I have Do you glasses. still hang out with them? Now I haven't heard from Andrew in a minute. I wonder how he's doing. I hope he's doing great, but that was my first friend, dude. Man. Sparing middle... St- well, that's that's a, so weird. Oh, my God. That is weird. We How didn't did we even, not even talk about... No. We, we talked about middle school. Yeah, we've definitely talked about middle school. I don't think we've ever talked about going to the same fucking middle school, though. Yeah, I went to Sparing Middle School, bro. Yeah. Oh, my God. Sparing well, I went... Uh, I only went for sixth grade. Mm, but you still went. Yeah, I was there the entire sixth year. But then seventh is when I started doing homeschooling because mm. I was a disruptive student. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. this isn't about me. Sparing. Shout out to Sparing. I don't Man. think the Sparing, I don't think Sparing's called the Flyers. But that, that, that's besides was the point. Was it not the Flyers? No, Limburg was the Flyers. Limburg was the Flyers. Sparing was like uh, Junior Flyers, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, that's that hyper local touch right. for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Our version of bro moment. What we were about to talk about before we got coffee and more uh, drinks, we, uh, I guess, another big moment was what? Fuck, five years ago. Mm, yep, Ferguson. Yep, yep, yep. 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 And um, I think we were. I don't know. It's hard to explain the thought process that were going on when everything was going down because there was a lot of lack of information. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knew what was happening. Nope. Uh, and I think we both hit each other up because we wanted to go uh, at on the same day. I, um, there's a lot of stuff leading up to the day that we went down. And the day we went down to Ferguson was the first chill day in terms of police enforcement. Right. Because they realized that that method was not working. And so they said, okay, we're not going to enforce anything. We're going to let people express themselves or whatever their idea was. And uh, you and I went down and that was, uh, was a very interesting experience for me. Um, and then that whole, I don't, you know, how do you even talk about it? I think I had to go down because it was world news happening down the fucking highway. Right. And as, uh, someone who had been a photojournalist for a couple of years, Mm -hmm. that was interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, what had happened was awful and interesting how the press was being treated, uh, was insane. You know, there was nobody being able to get a story out, but I want to know what your firsthand experience of it was and, and, and how it progressed. I don't know if you've ever talked about this aside from you talking about like how I even, uh, learn about it or like, based I think, on no, like I think the firsthand me. experience when we were both down there with John mm-hmm. and just kind of walking around. Yeah, Morgan was there too, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, was, there. was she? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was our first time. I just want to know what your perception was because mine is beside the point. Uh, man, I, I, I didn't know what to think until I saw the things that I saw, you know, and I mean, I think, I think for me it was more so the fact that it was happening in St. Louis, you yeah. know, not saying like, we're too good for that type of stuff, but it's just something you didn't expect. And I think like probably, I I would probably think that whomever 
had to deal with this in their hometown. They probably said the same thing. Yeah, but, but how many Mike Browns do you think there were before social media? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And but I mean, honestly, wait, well, there were a lot. Yeah, they just in wasn't St. covered. Louis alone. I yeah, I'm just saying. I'm talking about worldwide. I mean, yeah. there was a lot of black men slain by the police. We just didn't hear about it. Mm-hmm. Thank God for social media. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Definitely. Like for real. Like yeah. Because that's what, like, really, truly got it out there. Like, even for my part, as far as, like, Visco learning about and seeing that I was posting photos of this tragedy and I was hit up for a co-interview with uh, another creative here, um, it's, it's, it changed everything for me, honestly, because I didn't know well, first off, I knew I wasn't going to sell or give my images, the, give people the rights of my images. To the media. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that, like, I, I knew Same. that without even, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> but until it was happened, approached me, it wasn't like, no, I didn't do any research or nothing. I just said right. no. And then uh, from there, just more so, I feel like I definitely had a, a control on my own narrative and what was going on because what I was seeing was more a peaceful, the peaceful side of things yeah. versus what everybody else was seeing was more of the horrific things that were happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was more so enforced, but also I feel like it was played that way for a reason mm-hmm. or whatever. And so what I did was basically I had my images. I, put them out there but then it wasn't until I don't know like the going into the next year the end of the the end of the year yeah one one year later um, that I can put these images inside of a book Mm -hmm. and they just live on forever yeah and you know I think that's uh, important to talk about that you wouldn't sell the images to the media because we were both down there and we were both also posting and I also got hit up by the media. And um, I think it's beautiful that you didn't ever say anything to them and I didn't either because there is, uh, in tragedy, in all tragedies, there's an air of opportunism mm-hmm. that's taken place. Well. I well, sorry. Well, I did have a friend that I met during Ferguson. During Ferguson, her name is uh, Stephanie Wash. Mm -hmm. Uh, She works for ABC News, and she's an incredible black woman. She's fucking awesome. And thank God that it's crazy that we met because, like, at the time, like I said, she worked for ABC News, but. For some reason, uh, so a mutual friend got us connected uh, via social media. I think it was Facebook or whatever. And then she hit me up. And basically what I was doing was just pointing her to different directions or just like just being with her during. Kind of like being a fixer for St. Louis. I guess it was like not only just a fixer, but just more so like ins and outs of how to get from point A within Ferguson to point B or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, or just, you know, just being an advocate for her 
mm-hmm. even though I didn't know her. Yeah. You know, it's some came over me like about this woman that wanted to tell the story the right way. Yeah. You know. And, and I so think that's how we became became friends. Being down there, I don't know how many times I've thought about and reflected on actually being down there because there, you know, there was just so much uh, bullshit being put out there and fact and fiction on Twitter, on social media, on news articles and being down there watching the spectacle of everything happening and actually um, going back at night and being aimed yeah. at with guns yeah. by the police. It was like, it's literally what night and day means. Yes. I mean, it was, it was, everybody loves to talk about that entire period of time but i don't even really care unless they had gone down there Dog, if you didn't go don't, you yeah. don't know <laughs> that's nothing yeah and I, you it, can't even you can't even say nothing and i get so frustrated at hearing things and reflections on ferguson from people that were not even there bro a friend of mine recently told me that you know the the anniversary would just pass yes and um, they were talking about it in the news and stuff like that. And this woman, she was like, they still talking about this? Mm-hmm. And she was like, and then she said, they still talking about this. They, 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 but do they talk about the type of kid Mike Brown was? Mm. No, I can't. I, I wouldn't be able to tolerate that. So then explain that to people. How do what is the what's the disconnect that someone like that is having? Why do they keep thinking that? Why do they keep pulling back on that? What is your personal like uh, answer to them? I mean, I think it's just pure ignorance. Yeah. I mean, you know, to sit up and like try to throw the angle of what happened to a young black boy at like his past of what you learned or what the media put out there about him, you know, and what caused him to be killed, you know, that didn't cause stealing or whatever they, they accused him of doing didn't cause him to be killed. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't cause that. Like that cop, Darren Wilson wanted to do that. Yeah. That's, that's what happened. Right. He didn't. He didn't have to do that. He that was a choice. Yeah. Just like all the rest of them are choices, you know. Yeah. That cop that killed Tamir Rice chose to get out the car and just shoot that little boy. <laughs> yeah. At a place where he belonged, a playground. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like these are choices, bro. Like I feel like these are choices, and it sucks because it's like. I don't. I never talk about this type of stuff like out in public. Cause I'm, it's not like I'm hiding it or nothing yeah. like that. We just, I guess, oh, I didn't know. friends didn't, or whatever. You said what? I didn't even know. Like, I oh, just, no, I, I just know this is an experience that no, we had together. No, more so. Not, not, I'm talking about like talking that like this. Like, oh, about like, cops, you know, and cop cops culture. and all that type of stuff. Yeah. But back to it, like you know, that's that's my so like a person to hear a person say something like that or mm-hmm. whatever. It's like first off, it's you know it. It's uh very uh you you're very privileged to say some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, like honestly, you right. know that's that's what you you're not even 
looking at the other side of the spectrum at all. Right. Uh, because it it couldn't it, it it you can't say that could have been my kid because it wouldn't have been your kid right or whatever. You, my fr- my favorite um, kind of mental um, gymnastic to make when it comes to race. Sorry, I don't know if I'm talking on the mic enough here. Mm-hmm. Is to just basically flip flop it mm-hmm. and say, what if you had a black police officer who had done the same thing? And then a black mother who's saying the same thing that this woman is saying. Right. And it just sounds so fucking ridiculous yeah. that it's like, can you not even have that kind of relativity to know that like this, these are uh, every, every, we're all related. Everything is the exact same. You know, it's like we're, we're all human beings trying to survive. And when you say something like that, you're automatically assuming so much about that person. Right. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's, um, of course he did not deserve to die. And you know, we're, this is not the first time this topic has ever been addressed, but, um, I think it's important to talk about because it does represent a changing point in your life. And that's Uh, another thing I feel like for a lot of us who, for the, the newbies that's coming into St. Louis are the ones who, have been here in St. Louis and now like we're at some certain positions of their career and like they've gone further or whatever. Those who probably sit up and pretend like that didn't happen. Yeah. That's weird to me. Really? Because I haven't, yeah. I haven't experienced that. I mean, that's good. Yeah. That's good because you mean you messing with real people. Well, I think I'm, what I feel like I experienced more was uh, people again, using it as an opportunistic and I'm not even necessarily talking about money. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about like these people that showed up and were taking selfies to show that they're solid with the movement. Like you don't need to, nobody else needs to know that. Yeah. Nobody else needs to know that. Um, I know definitely Ferguson is now like a place to come visit when you come to St. Louis well, I mean, that's only going to increase yeah. as the years go by. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like it's like that for a lot of people, though. Yeah. Like. As a good thing. I think it's a good thing, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, at the same time, if you didn't have, like, the true history behind mm-hmm. what happened or whatever, you just showing up with a camera just to say you were there, that sucks. Yeah, but that's, um, think about any kind of sensitive historical uh, no, true. event. And that's True. all. That's exactly. That's just how thing. it is. Yeah, I guess it's more so, more sensitive on our ends because it's like we were there. Yeah, something like that. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. We saw what it was like. Like, you know what? What it did though was inform me about other historical events and occurrences, mm-hmm. and start to understand how a first person uh, experience is so much more different than studying right something like right, i know right, there's right. these libraries and ferguson um content um dumps at like wash U and stuff that have formed to try and like document what happened while you were there but literally i didn't know that was there uh yeah there's like a I, like the ferguson experiment or something I, I there, never there's heard things it, like that like an attempt to copy not copy but have uh content of everything that went down in Ferguson and honestly being there and having the experiences 
trumps everything else that anybody that thinks that they can siphon some sort of meaning out of uh, can write. Yeah. You just, you, like I said, like we said, if you wasn't there, you just don't know. Yeah. So um, you put out your book. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and what was the title again? My Lens R. Ferguson. My Lens R. Ferguson. And self-published, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you did it after the fa- a year after the fact, mm-hmm. which I, April twenty fifteen. I uh, I love that, and um, that started to create some. Yeah, like I didn't have any intentions on making a book from those photos. I just know I right. needed them to live elsewhere other than social media. Right, and so I was only supposed to only run fifty copies. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the heck I was doing it was my first time ever selling some uh, on social media or through e-commerce and I actually sold over 50 I think I believe like 75 77 or something like that mm-hmm. and I was like oh man I don't have enough money to cover <laughs> but I didn't know what the hell I was doing I did a definitely a break even split, but yeah. then not really factoring in shipping. Mm. So I didn't really break even. I went broke. <laughs> <laughs> broke, broke. But uh, figured out some stuff and was able to send out the rest of those books. But um, you good? I don't know. It, it was just like, like I said, I just wanted it to live elsewhere, like those photos and stuff like that, because it was that. Yeah, it wasn't a money making endeavor. It wasn't money making, no, no. But, 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 as time went by, folks was asking me, "Why aren't you getting money from this?" It's like this is what happens. And like, what did you? What were your feelings when you heard that? Man, I was scared. I was nervous. I talked to a good friend. Uh, Shiraz Gorman, mm-hmm. she's amazing. She basically gave me the four one one on when it comes down to selling your your artwork and your work. It's and and that's what changed my mind from it. Even yeah. though I still wasn't making enough, uh, making a lot, I still went up in price for the book. I went yeah. from forty to sixty dollars. Yeah. And, you know, as you look back in your history, you see these same type of photos taken. You know, I just was more so like thinking about myself. I wasn't thinking about like other photographers because they are documentarians. I'm not a documentarian. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I'm not a journalist or nothing like that. I was literally just a guy with his camera looking to photograph the true side of what was going on with Ferguson through my lens. Yeah. That's why I call it my lens our Ferguson because we were there well, or whatever. I, what's interesting to me is um, that you started to uh, and I, I'm not you know I don't know but it feels like at that time you started to drift towards portraiture. Yeah because I was more so it's crazy yeah. Because yeah, that does play I, out. I, I distinctly remember an image of um, Jesse Jackson. Mm-hmm, with a girl on his shoulders. Yep. Yeah. And I feel like at that moment you understood that portraiture was how you express your art. Yeah. Oh, maybe subconsciously or whatever. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't think about it, but I more so was like... This is just me like, yeah. witnessing. Mm-hmm. And then um, that work started to produce um, showings in a gallery, mm-hmm. in a couple galleries probably. Mm-hmm. 
And then I feel like you started to strike on this nerve of taking portraits of everybody while you were just hanging out with them. Yeah. Like we would go out to eat, uh, you know, at Soul Taco mm-hmm. and you'd be like, all right, we're going to do a portrait series. Right. I'm like, are you kidding me, man? Nah. I just, I'm behind the camera. Right, you know, right, you're right. like, no, 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 I want to take photos of you and whoever else we were with, you know, mm-hmm. John Morgan, whoever. And uh, I was I was so skeptical of it. You yeah. Know? And I was like, man, I don't want my photo taken. <laughs> this is corny. You're just doing it for social media or whatever. <laughs> but, th- but then you kept doing it. Yeah. And like you kept taking portraits of people, going out with them, experiencing time, and then afterwards taking, like it was synonymous with Adrian. Like he's going to take your fucking picture. Right. <laughs> and if you, if he didn't, then there was something wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> or you. Right. That's what I meant. Something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, to me, that was super interesting. <laughs> Sorry, I heard you. My bad. <laughs> My bad, y'all. Just super dry mouth. Super dry mouth. Sucking on this whiskey iced tea I just made. Coffee. I mean, iced coffee I just made. <laughs> so you would, uh, you fell into this and like you started becoming real good at taking people's portraits. And, um, what was what was your thought behind that? Like you had shot the musician or you shot the rapper and then you had this experience of Ferguson and then you start taking pictures of people all the time. And I, to me, it felt like a way of understanding photography like and, and the power behind it. And, and you start to develop this eye for people and patterns and backgrounds and colors. And that's where I feel like you started to just really take off. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say like I was looking at it like I was uh, studying photography or I misquote what you said uh, when you said I started paying attention to patterns and backgrounds. Yeah, I mean more like patterns. Yeah, yeah, that's something I did like pay attention to. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. No, 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 no. no, I mean, that's just your perception, which is fine. Totally. But I wasn't looking at it like... Anyway, like that's when I was like, this guy, I was more so like, yeah, the patterns and all that stuff, yeah. Um, but I looked at it more so as like great conversation starters. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like saying like, like amazing conversation starters, like getting to know people that I, I didn't know. They look interesting and they probably have an interesting story. And yeah. they. And because did. as a photographer, yeah. you have to build this intense quick empathy yeah with people you're taking photos of but i truly have that though no i know you do like it's not even a fake i I probably look at it like even if the person didn't let me take their photo i still i'm satisfied with what i've learned about you yeah in that time and i wouldn't be salty like dang i wish i would have got their photo well that's what i'm trying to eventually segue to is like you developed this um sixth sense sixth sense in terms of connecting with people by taking their photo. I still want to know why people let me take their photo. Exactly. And I, I promise I don't know, I know why people trust me yeah. or like why people give me a shot. Um, it's tight. It's an honor. It's really cool. Uh, to me, it's, you want to know it? Go ahead. It's the kittens. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know the kitten story but i think it's that's, that could come through within me <laughs> come out of me basically but no i don't like man i i don't know i really don't know 
Yeah, you um, do have a gift for it. And it's yeah, a, it's I mean, a, shout out to whomever I've taken a photo of. No they doubt. Let me. Yeah. Yeah. What um so what 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 happened then? You got you started getting these these books being made, you made too many and then started getting a lot of freelance work. How did it come about that you got this opportunity? Um so I submitted the book of a good friend of mine, Kendall, uh at work. She sent me this uh or showed me this uh this link of mm-hmm. uh, the for the Paris Photo Book Awards, and it's like one of the biggest photo book award right. uh, out and who, there. Who was this put on by? Aperture. Okay, Aperture Mag. Yeah, I think it's I think it's Aperture that puts on Paris Photo. Did Artifact have something to do with this? Artifact Uprising. Yeah, not at that point. No, not no, not at all. <laughs> Okay. I know. I don't know. I'm. You know. Shout out to Artifact Rising. <laughs> yeah, they did not have anything to do with. Okay. Paris photo ever. No, nothing. Was it with printing your book? Printing my book. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what, what it I was. Remember. Oh yeah, I printed my book through Artifact Uprising. Got so you. Definitely shout out to Artifact Uprising for holding me down with the books. Yeah. 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 And making um, uh, a unique connection from social media imagery to printing it out. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was fantastic. Yeah, because, yeah, y'all, for those who don't know, yeah, uh, 90% of those photos were on the iPhone. Right, yeah. Five. Yeah. S, I believe. <laughs> Five S, I believe. And then how did that lead to the current opportunity that you currently work at? Um. So that led, well, I'm, I applied. Honestly, I applied for Visco. Uh, didn't get the job when I first applied and I applied again. And what is Visco for people that don't use uh, any photo options on their phone? <laughs> um, I mean... How do you best describe Visco? I'm just going to tell you like the over, like the actual, like what we do. Yep. And, you know, like the... The mission statement? The mission statement <laughs> of Visco. I mean, like I said earlier before, it's like a platform for individual individual for creators to come discover create and connect yeah but more so like for those who like want to know like what the actual definition is i'll give it to you for, so the late like the layman would be it's like a filter app is what it started as no. is what it started as right 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 yeah. well yeah uh, i wouldn't say filter well Yes, yeah, so you can say filter, but we say presets. Yes. You know, I don't want to sound all pretentious and stuff no, like no, that. No, 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 no. But like we say presets and then also it was like more so like tools, creating yes. tools or whatever. And there was only creator. a few when, I mean, Visco is how old now? Eight? Are we eight years old now? Eight years old. I think it's eight. And so eight. in this time period, there's a handful of um, filter apps. Like right. What was... Uh, Snapseed. Snapseed, I still have, which yeah. is still an amazing app. It's pretty cool. Um, but no, there was another one. I'm trying to think of it with an M. I, I got to look at my moment. No. goddamn phone to hold on. Where is it? Hold please. Oh, Mextures. And that I was never, more. Te- I never heard of it. Yeah. It also has sort of a community. It was texture based, but Visco, uh, came on the scene and was representing replicating of film formats on mobile photography. 
And uh, I think anybody that experienced again, it, I work with a group of genius which motherfuckers. Is, yeah, man. it's it was a movement. I work with a bunch of smart ass motherfuckers like Zach Hodges. That's brilliant. <laughs> I want to eat his fucking brain. Can he come to St. Louis, or I can come to Oakland and talk to him? Y- y'all would vibe, yeah. Because Zach, I would hope Zach so. is uh, he's definitely into the church, so y'all can fall back into that. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> I'm uh, former in the former. church. Yes. Nah, man. Shout out to church. Shout Sh- out to Sh- the church. Shout, Shout out to church's Shout chicken. <laughs> I am not about to talk about chicken on this podcast, y'all. I am not. I'm tired of that dumb shit. Tired. Do not talk all about right, chicken. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> but yes, I work with some geniuses, like for real, for real. Can you explain to uh, people that don't know what did it represent? Did you find this mission statement yet? Oh, I mean, I've, I've been, I know it, you know, right, I just didn't me. say it. Visco is a creative channel. We build creative tools, spaces, and connections driven by self-expression. Our mission is to help everybody fall in love with their own creativity. That's a great way to put it. I like that. Wiggle. <laughs> wiggle, wiggle. Wiggle, wiggle. And then we have the statement, we say, you know, for creators, by creators. You know what I'm saying? So we're yeah. just driven by like a creative first philosophy. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's why I love my job, man. Like I love the fact that what I do at work is I get to work with creatives hands on. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you just man, we, we huh? You just made me think of a joke. We, you gonna say it? <laughs> when you said hands on, <laughs> it's disgusting. I, I think this. <laughs> Anywho, so I want see, I want the for, annoying guy here. You know, for people that aren't in the know, it started off as this mobile photography. Yeah, it started filter. out with you this. Apply yeah, filters like filters to it. Yeah, exactly. You apply and then it ballooned uh, into this culture of yeah, sharing, sharing, and then yep. we got community building space. Like we commu- we building and bridging the gap with communities. And it's a photography based company for people, right? That still are based in Oakland, California. That. We had offices in Oakland. I mean, uh, Colorado, and also in New York. I was at the Colorado Springs office. I had to be <laughs> so when I left St. Louis, I was in Colorado Springs. Yeah. <laughs> the only and black dude, <laughs> <laughs> and if you was black, <laughs> you were white. <laughs> so this is where our history segue because that's like the birthplace of uh, Christian, uh, non-denominational Christianity. Is fucking Colorado Springs. It's focused on the family. James Dobson, white motherfuckers, talking about how to raise your children. That's why Morgan left. (laughs) (laughs) And you did not like Colorado's. No, man. It's not. I must have been dis. First and foremost, man, any opportunity that got me out of St. Louis, it was like, you were learning. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, because you get stuck in St. Louis, bro. Yes. You know, you get stuck or whatever for obvious reasons. You're comfortable. Why not stay at a place where you're comfortable? Low cost of living. Everything you can get by easily. Yeah, you Lower can get rent. by. Yeah, it's it's you know, but uh, for me, I never imagined living outside of St. Louis before because I just didn't put my thoughts that deep into my career, or my life, or whatever. So I didn't know what to expect. But granted, getting that, given that opportunity, it was no yeah. way. 
So when they said like Greg to this day, he's one of the co-founders. He's like, I can't believe I got you to come out of Colorado Springs. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, you didn't get me to come out, but I know what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, but like, you I was ready like, for it. Yeah. I was like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like I can deal with snow. <laughs> Bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a, it was a culture shock. No, nah, right? it was truly a culture shock. Because bro. literally was... there is no any Man. hint of city life. No. Nah. In Colorado it's Springs. Like true suburbia. Colorado Springs is like the Chesterfield of Denver. For, but <laughs> if it would turn into its own fucking city. Yeah. Pretty much, right? right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chesterfield, <laughs> South County, <laughs> and, Whiteville. And how long were you in Colorado Springs? For a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you got an opportunity to move to Oakland? Yeah, we closed the office down and then they announced that we were going to and you had the, Oakland. Did you have the same feelings? Like, fuck, oh, I'm dude. going to Oakland. Oh, I was excited because I, 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 first off, it was California, bro. Yeah. Like, I never, to this day, I can't believe I live in California. Yeah. Like, it's something different. People who've Bruh, never been to California, you can't I don't, understand it. Dude, I, I listen. I changed, y'all. <laughs> okay? I changed. Yes, you did. <laughs> you know, for the better. For totally. the better of me. Totally. And I'm not saying y'all ain't shit because y'all still here. Shout out to everybody here. Like, mad love. Yeah. Come to California, though. But I feel like you lost a sense of angst and anxiety in a way when you moved out there. In some respects. Like yeah. You kind of find, well, and there's a lot of things going on with your life too. It wasn't just the move to California. No, nah, it wasn't just a move. I mean, a lot of stuff happened, but like good stuff. But it's just like, uh, I don't know. Just the quality of life. It's expensive yeah. as hell. Don't get me wrong. But the right. trade off and what you see, what you get, what you can see, what you get, what you get yourself into, uh, who you meet. Like, how how did that change that. your your approach to going up to people and taking their photograph? And how did you start to develop? It didn't like, change. It just more so made me want to do it even more. Exactly. I, I'm, what I'm saying is it got more intense even. Yeah. And then I start to see more portraiture work from you. And then you even came, did you come back in town for like the chess show? I did come back in town for the chess show. That's when I felt like I was like on top of the world. Yeah. I ain't, I'm not saying like I'm the shit or nothing like that, but I was just like, damn, man, you know, getting flown out. I to moved away and I'm coming back. Like for a show? <laughs> right. For a show like that, I was like. And again, like, this that was another different. moment that was. Yeah, they had me sitting in first class. <laughs> I've never said in first class. <laughs> I have a couple of times. <laughs> Fuck off. Hey, I was thinking today while I was driving. I swear to God, when I was driving here, yeah. I was like, I'm going to get on a private jet one day. I have been on a private jet. That's tight. But I've never said in first class. <laughs> you have on a private jet, though. That is first class beyond. Yeah, I mean, that, that uh, that's another story. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I have an idea what first class might be like. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you got you got brought back for the chess show at the chess club. Mm-hmm. World Chess Hall of Fame. R- yep. RZA showed up. Yeah, I was on a panel with RZA. I walked past him going into your show. Yeah, which was insane. Yeah, <laughs> got a, I was on a panel with Wu Tang's finest. And who set that up? Was that Ben Kaplan? Do you remember? 
That was Ben Kaplan, right? Yeah, Ben Kaplan. Yep, 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 yep. Damn, let me, what, what Ben on, man? What, everybody got? Yeah, I haven't seen Ben in a minute. Damn. He's been doing, he, he, he went through a heavy artistic phase and was, that show was beautiful. Yeah. This is one of the most beautiful art shows in, in the city of St. Louis. Yeah. What's it called? Kings? Uh, Living Like Kings. Living Like Kings. Mm-hmm. Beautifully produced. Ben did an amazing job. And I think uh, Ben's back to making money right yeah. now. But um, the, uh, uh, I felt like that was another big moment. Just beautiful to come out to. So many people hanging out, interacting. Well, I had so the best part about. Who was spinning? It was. Uh, Stan. Was it Stan? I believe it was That's Stan. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah. The best part about that show was the fact that, like, you know, I did my work on, uh, it's called Street Beautification, mm-hmm. um, based on uh, graph writers, on, on writers yeah. around the city and stuff like that. And some of them came to the show. And awesome. they bombed the the, the bathroom. <laughs> But they didn't bomb the work, but it was like they came to the show. Like, that's so tight. Yeah. That the word got, because I don't know who they are by face. I know one of them. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know who they are by face. And it's just like, I'm like, I, I was, I was like blown away by that. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm big enough to work. You know what I'm saying? I'm not telling on nobody or shitting on nobody or nothing like that. Like, I more so see these buildings as a canvas just like they do. Yeah. I wish I had the balls and I was able to climb these. I want to know when the hell they do it. I still think uh, writers are um, some type of magicians or whatever. I don't, I don't see them or whatever. So it's just like whatever and how I do it is just yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful to me. And the stories and the stuff that y'all are telling, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and I know it's like crazy parts about the whole thing it's like you know different gangs or whatever they want to call it, sets whatever they call themselves or whatever like sure but it's it's still tight it's still like one of the amazing things it's another art form yeah i look at it as like another art form that many cannot do yeah and i look at anything as hate nowadays <laughs> Because it's like you what literally want to cover up this beautiful ass mural or this <laughs> yeah. beautiful like this. Why? Well, it's uh, or like why you won't like contact them but try to see who they are so they can do it in the inside or dedicate some space to them, something like that. I it's, don't know. it's complicated though, right? I know because I it's yeah. uh, I truly believe it's an art form, but. You know, if you make art in someone else's property, they have the freedom to do what they want. They have with the that. freedom to do what they want. And at the same time, you know, I think that's obviously the interesting uh, bisection of like somebody like obviously Banksy, but you know, but like also a lot of other artists that aren't as famous who are still making art and they don't get the free pass. Like right. people aren't um, plexiglass in the artwork that they did to sell it. Nope. But if we look back at this, you know, in the future, we look at this as something that should be protected exactly. as much as murals and as much as uh, any sort of officially commissioned art. Yeah, I mean, but that's why I like a lot of, I'm glad that a lot of these mural, uh, people forming these mural communities and stuff like that, yeah. like getting these grants for artists to be able to 
produce murals and stuff like that. Of course, yeah. Meaningful I mean, it's it's mural. happening in every important artistic cultural area of every major city. Uh, and, a, and even now, major. It's colorful, man. Yeah. It's freaking. They're, why not? I mean, it, it just enriches the area. It shows the culture on the walls of the buildings of the people that have uh, lived in them for years and years. So and it makes they, sense. They currently, like, not with us anymore, you know? And yeah. It's a story that's told. That's like how you just talked about cameras. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? When you just talked about the camera your dad gave you and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even though if it didn't work, it still has its own brain and, like, its story. own past and story. So you can tell even, that. Even if it's only to you. Yeah. And so it's interesting because when you said that, I thought about what you were thinking about the Basquiat work and how you started to understand what his meaning was attributed to the paintings that he made. Right. And how that becomes on a larger scale for a lot of people to understand and connect with. Exactly. You know, that's a, a that's a mystical thing. It's and I still thing. don't understand a lot of things, but... I don't either. I, and I'm, that's, that's, it's okay. Yeah. It's not meant for me to understand. And it definitely wasn't meant for me to diss and talk shit about either. Especially going off of like just a look of something. Yeah. Be, you know what I'm saying? Because honestly, like even like having a kid now and seeing her be able to put mm-hmm. a pen to a piece of paper or a crayon to some uh, a piece of paper or whatever she's using, that's your kid. So it's like, damn, that's actually beautiful or whatever. Like she did that, you know what I'm saying? And it doesn't look like shit, but it's the fact that she still did it. It has some type of meaning behind it that she yeah. did that. It accidentally looks not, and if you put anything in the damn frame, it'll look good. What about when she draws something and you know it's about you or for you? Oh, uh, when she does gets blow to that, your mind, when she gets to that point, yeah. yeah I mean, she hasn't done it yet. Okay, okay, yeah, because she's <laughs> tiny. Uh, but yeah, once she get there, yeah, that'd be gonna crumple. Yeah, <laughs> man, I don't know what the hell it turned into. I don't know, but uh, a, a goddamn. Ugh, I don't know what the hell I turned to. The goddamn lily pad, wet as fuck. I've talked about this before, but I think um, the most powerful artwork is the artwork that you know has created an emotional response with someone that you care about. Yeah, dude. I'm at a point where I'm getting my photos drawn. You know how when people redraw your shit? Next thing's going to be tattoos. Bruh, if somebody <laughs> get my shit tattooed on them, that would be I, amazing. <laughs> I'm putting your ass in the next exhibition, like flat out. And then you take a photograph of that. Oh my God, dude, that shit happens, man. So how, like, talk to me about refining the portraitures. Like what, um, specifically being in a community in Oakland, like you got this collective now. I don't even, what's the name of the collective? Nur. Nur. How do you spell that? N U R E. N U R E. Yeah, but it's like Nor. And so it represents uh, a group of people that same the kind of uh, share the same kind of um, thought process when it comes right. to culture and current events and art. Right. Right. Yeah. And it, you keep photographing it, them, and it's almost like you're documenting a a movement. Man, I mean, do you see those portraits? Yeah, they're Dude, like everybody. I got to print those shits. Um, I don't know. Like, I can only say like 
capturing like images like that of people that I work close with and like in a setting where we all are enjoying and rejoicing as one or whatever, it can just tell us different stories, especially having that consistent look also or whatever. And yeah. it's just, it's just super powerful. And for me, it's just like being in Oakland and being able to do this. And granted, everybody that I take portraits of, they may not live in Oakland. They probably sure. just visiting or something like that, but it was still taken in Oakland. But, but, Nine times, nine, nine times out of ten, the folks that I did take photos of are from Oakland. How has it changed how you think about uh, people? Uh, well, it, uh, well, honestly, not being in St. Louis and seeing the same motherfuckers every day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, like I, like I said, I got love for everybody, but when you go to a place and you know who's going to be there, yep. it starts driving, it drives me crazy because yeah. it's like the same shit, the same people. It's the same stuff or whatever, which is why I do bounce around and have several several gr- friend groups of people, associate groups or whatever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because it's like if I hung around the same folks all the time or whatever, not saying I'm using my folks to hang around to get and gain knowledge, but after a while, you know, you're not really talking about anything yeah. or whatever. You well, know, I always think if, er- uh, if everybody looks like you, they'd be boring, yep. bro. Yeah, we, we need to fucking collect more experiences from people that don't look like us. And yeah, and not be afraid. Like, I, and I understand why a lot of people probably don't talk to a certain group of people because they probably feel like they don't fit in and all this type of stuff, but yada, yada, yada. But you never know. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You live and you learn. I've, I, I've stopped talking to a lot of people that I looked up to. Mm-hmm. you know for shitty reasons and stuff like that and i i hate the fact that it had to end that way but you know i learned a lot from it you know what i'm saying still got mad respect for them and all that type of stuff but it's just like we just didn't connect on that level or whatever so you just move on yeah and it's fine too i mean change is good and you know people and friendships and even intense relationships aren't necessarily meant to last forever like romantic relationships you know of course you find yourself the person you want to be with and it makes sense that's another thing but right all things go through their own phase in time regardless of if we Mm -hmm. think they do or don't Mm -hmm. you know that could last your entire lifetime but it may not it may not it may not and that's okay and like again I had to learn it the hard way. Yeah. I, I tried to hold on to a lot of stupid shit in the past or people and situations and stuff like that that bit me in the ass like later in life. You know what right. I'm saying? And then like learning from those mistakes and stuff like that and just like realizing like, you know, it, it wasn't worth it or whatever, you know? Yeah, it was petty. It was, yeah, and it's just like, you know, <laughs> I can re- reflect on a tattoo I recently just got today. It's whatever it says, you what know it, what to do. Yeah. it's And it's more so, it's like. And what does that mean? For me, it's like a reminder of like knowing what to do in situations or any type of situation or just life. Does it mean getting older? Having a little more knowledge about uh, situations? Well, like I wouldn't necessarily, I'm not putting nothing on age or whatever. Just more so, it's like at this point, like I talk to myself a lot talk myself out of things a lot or try to talk myself out of things or whatever or when it comes down 
to because you're scared of them or decision making. I wouldn't necessarily use the word scared, just but more just, so being cautious. Yeah, hesitant, hesitant, and stuff like that. Even though I left a whole job <laughs> to go on tour, right, and I get paid a lot. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like and only for a month. Yeah, basically, yeah, for like no, no, it was I was on two and a half. Right, thirty-five cities, forty-five days. Oh, 45 days. Yeah, a month and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I learned a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what? Nothing. Oh, <laughs> natural pause. <laughs> I was like, we just gave each other the eye. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, um. So, what was the big news that you're typing out that took us forever to even get to this point? Oh, you talking about the pod period. The what? The pod period. No, no, Get, no, no. Getting on the pod period. Like, yeah, what, what, what was, was, what was your caption? You got big news. It's yeah. good news. Uh, I, I'm now, uh, I'm represented by Part 2 Gallery in Oakland, California. Officially uh, represented by a gallery. That's amazing. Yep. Pretty tight. And I, how does it make you feel about like your art that you create, like validation in any way, or just a natural part? I mean, of the beyond process? validation, it's just more so like uh, it's obvious that I rode the wave of representing myself for such a long time. So, mm-hmm. and a part of that caption that I took out, you know, for, it was just first off, it was too long and it was just too much, and I honestly didn't even want to put myself in. I like allowing people to come into my circle or come into like my DMs to ask me questions about it. But anyways, basically I just touched on like why I get representation now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, people probably don't want to ask me this, but I, I'm basically asking myself, honestly, but the true meaning is like, I want to be able to move my work differently mm-hmm. Uh, and have somebody that knows the game to help me do that. Yeah. And that's why I trust Brock over at Part 2 to help me do that. Um, And I feel like he... not he feel, the owner? Or yeah. Not? Okay. Yeah, he cares. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I, And it's actually bending the rules of, of, of doing the shit too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not your tra- traditional... I've I've... That's Space. something I've been thinking about quite a bit, mm-hmm. in which I talked with uh, Michael Eastman mm-hmm. a bit about. Right. And um, I think it is completely changing more than it ever has before, just like anything a- else. As it should, though, man. Yeah. It's like, it's certain things when you look the at it. The art world. Yeah, the art world, man. <laughs> it's just, it's just like, you, 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 you can't just do the same shit all the time or whatever. And it's just like, but what's crazy as far as like being like a black artist or whatever, the way you do have to get yourself in, mm. out there or whatever, it's so many different ways that you end up getting out there, yeah. you know, and getting recognized and stuff like that. Um, Is it weird at all? Like, do you feel like a commodity ever at points? I think, I, I don't want to use the term weird. I don't think it's weird. I think it's just jacked up because yeah. it's like we... But is Man, it like a growing pain kind of thing? It is a growing pain, definitely, because okay. it's like you work so hard. Yeah. Already, you putting your heart, blood, sweat, and tears into the work. The work is the same, mm-hmm. but it takes a sleazy motherfucker to dish you. <laughs> and then 
you, you know, you shit on them back, but like, you know, in a in a more like toned down way, mm-hmm. like you know, in a more subtle way. Like you, you're not hurt going in on them. It's just more so telling it how it is. Or Meaning whatever. dissing your artwork. Like a person dissing, yeah, dissing. I don't want to speak on the the photographer. I don't want to speak on the photographer and the situation that they went through, but learning and seeing what can happen to a person that you love, like like the work you like mm-hmm. and look up to, and then like for. Uh, individuals to come and like try to take your shine gotcha. away from something you did mm-hmm. based off of you thinking that they copied you yep. or whatever it's stupid to me yeah. it's like you're literally gonna come and snatch away a moment from somebody yeah or whatever and for me I'm like that's 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 weak as fuck you know what I'm yep. saying like that's so lame yeah because it's insecurity yeah, you, yes it's definitely insecurity I know what it, you're talking it, about and then yeah. go back on your word too and it's just like that's strange to me man so but does that kind of uh, do those kind of experiences uh, fuel you it definitely fuels me in a way it it definitely fuels me in a way because it's like it make me want to go harder and also like play smarter yeah when it comes down to stuff you know what I'm saying and more so like have that have the education I feel like folks that do people like that don't have they're not educated yeah, they more so just like so used to winning all the time. They don't even know what losing is. It is not even nobody's losing, right. and nobody's winning, or whatever. I don't look at it like it's a way a win. I look at it as like an amazing opportunity for the person. It's like it's like you're peaking. You're gonna continue peaking. Yeah, or whatever. It's like I feel like the word win can go so many different ways or whatever, and. Uh, I'm not looking at it saying like it's a problematic word, but I feel like winning to me is the same as the word power mm-hmm. and like the that that meaning of having power. When somebody feel like they can they have power over you, mm-hmm. they feel like they they can dominate you. They they're better than you and all that type of stuff and they use that the wrong way. People use power the wrong way, obviously, in many different situations. So for me or whatever, I don't want to the power that I want to use is being able to connect you with a friend that I think y'all will make a great team and make something happen. And I feel good for doing that. I feel good for making an introduction. That's powerful to me. Yeah. To know who I think you would vibe with mm-hmm. to build something. That's power to me or whatever. Not oh, I took that photo years ago the same way with a, a Shirley Temple Dimple 5500. Like, nobody give a fuck, dog. Right. Like, I don't care. Like, I can shit on you and say I shot a whole book on an iPhone that Danner got me <laughs> one of the biggest awards ever. You know, and you probably mad as fuck at me for for, for being, for shooting a damn, I, I worked. They were at the time. Yeah. I worked I hella, I worked hella hard yada 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 you know all this that's cool well that ties in to why so many people came out to that event where there was some world famous designer and people from St. Louis want to know how and why you were shooting what you were shooting yeah I mean and then I didn't and, even touch on that or whatever like why I shot with my phone I mean I don't know cause it doesn't fucking matter it doesn't matter no but if you want to know it's like who who the fuck wanted anything pointed at them around a time yeah 
that Ferguson happened. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's clearly shots that are staged or not necessarily staged, but that's just a, asked. Fuck, that's a that's a crazy thought. Period. Yeah. Like using the iPhone as a tool when you don't want a giant lens yeah. pointed at you. Yeah. I've never even thought about Nobody it. Nobody want that. Don't Nobody wanted that shit at the time. You know what I'm saying? You didn't want to be bothered or whatever. So it was just like. And then when the lens was turned, when I went back to Ferguson at the at night, I was shooting the cops. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> you're pointing outward. Right. To the uh, craziness. And, right, and right. What was going on mm-hmm. atten- uh, affecting the people on the sidewalk. Exactly. Whew. Um. So where are you headed? What's 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 next? You you know you got gallery representation. That's one thing. What's uh, <laughs> my friend just said? Who who said that? Like, I hate that question. What's next? What's next? All right, let me come up with a better one. <laughs> no, yeah, it's okay. Because nobody knows I, what the I, fuck I, is next. No, what's I mean, going on I mean, right now? I mean, just I gotta create more work, obviously. But this riding the wave of. Uh, we matter. It's going really strong. So I got a, a solo show coming up, which is what August thirtieth at the Greens, Columbia, Missouri, and then I have explain explain. We matter. Uh, is that the title of your show, or that's is that the also title. a movement and a hashtag? That's the title of uh the. That's the title of the work. I'll just definitely like read off. Go ahead. What we matter is um to give everybody like you know context around it and then I'll basically go in and tell you about how I got to the work but not like go all the way oh, go. Um, you talk I'm gonna take my first pee break so <laughs> you got it it's just you by yourself so basically uh, we matter shows the int- intimacy that depict in each photo that erases the possibility of threat often a sign of black men to see the power of kinship within the black community, We Matter seeks to expand notions of blackness by challenging American socialization of black men. So this work, I photograph are these uh, intimate portraits of black men wearing a do-rag, which I call a crown. And it's more expressing our, it's expressing and showing uh, protection, something that's protecting us. And that's our hair, but also I'm looking at this crown that is like protecting our aura, protecting who we are and who we are and true to ourselves and the art of this garment that we wear on our heads or whatever. So that's what We Matter is. Um, And it started off as uh, a friend of mine, uh, his name is Emeka Okafor uh, in Oakland. He put me onto his cousin, that has a do-rag line called OG Royale. And he was like, it'd be dope if you photograph this do-rag line or you photograph their line. Uh, some, um, I guess it was, sort of be, it was supposed to be product shots, stuff like that for the Instagram. But once I got through photographing them, I had a great team, Cameron Ritchie, Junebug, uh, Michael was a model, uh, Paul was a model. Um, man, and then shout out to Ryan Austin who helped me come up with like the narrative behind everything. So this is like a team effort. And I never go into this, but like I did it all by myself because I didn't. 
Um, but at the same time, like I did pull the trigger and I did have a vision about it, but it just ta- it takes it takes an army, you know what I'm saying? Um So when you were shooting that what do you mean, um this guy Ryan helped you with the narrative of what? The narrative behind We Matter, which yeah. I, I explained or whatever, you know cool. what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it it uh because I and you were shooting it as product shot? I was, it was really conceptual because okay. I built out like a set and stuff like that. So I was more so shooting like lifestyle shots. Yeah. Lifestyle uh, product shots, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And uh, man, it just came it out crazy. Kinda, you're, you're, you're crossing the boundaries into fine art as well. Exactly. Which exactly. I think a lot of successful advertising and photographic work is doing because yeah. you know we're trying to get paid but we're also trying to make work that means something and so shooting that product of the do-rags was gorgeous work yeah obviously. And, and even showing it in like a freaking the frame that i showed it in and it just all came together it just all came together it just all came together and so you want to continue on that path of kind of blending what you've done as a hobby and as a, a, a love of the art with the I, potential to I, influence I want to be more, brands and advertising? I want to be more intentional when it comes down to making work, obviously. Yeah. Uh, gigs that I seem to get and stuff like that, I'm, I'm definitely happy about those. I've shot, I've shot a lot of cool things recently. Uh, some stuff I can't speak on i guess right mm-hmm. now because it's not out yet but um i've been able to shoot a lot of stuff and work with a lot of cool people like over the past year and uh definitely help them build a brand it's crazy because i don't really show a lot of that type of stuff yeah um so i guess i'm like mostly known for the conceptual side of things which mm-hmm. is cool i guess but i'm just trying to figure out an angle on how to show and package everything it's like that's a self-conscious thing I have. Of what? When it comes down to just showing everything, <laughs> I feel like it's too much. Yeah. So, Do you show on your website or no? It, I, I don't have like me photographing this tech building. Yeah. This inside of this tech startups building or something like that. I don't have that type of stuff. Because you're trying to. I'm not. And that's another thing. I'm not trying to protect anything because I want the extra money. <laughs> you know what I'm like? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> What you talking about? Shit. You want to shoot your building? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, holler at me. I know how to make humans look like humans. <laughs> is there any um, contemporary photographer's work that you think is somewhat mind-blowing or influencing you at all? Mm. Who's your... I don't even know. who is. Who's your favorite photographer? Do you have one? I like everybody. <laughs> I remember talking about Gordon Parks back in the day. I mean, yeah, of course. Everybody because loves Gordon Parks, but that's just a given, man. Like, who doesn't right. love Gordon Parks? And think I he's feel the like best? there's a lot of photographers, I, young I, photographers I, who don't know I, who Gordon Parks Of course they don't, but that's cool. I mean, like, got a lot to learn. I like uh, Carrie Mae Weems. A lot of my favorite photographers are women. Mm-hmm. Latoya Ruby, Latoya Ruby Frazier, uh, Lorna Simpson is a really amazing. Um, Deanna Lawson, man, that's, she is mind-blowing. Yeah. Mind-blowing, man. What's her name again? Deanna Lawson. Deanna Lawson. Uh, Freaking crazy. Um, 
Who else we got? We got uh, so we got this dope artist that I really like. I love her work, Sade Burnett. She is so freaking dope because it's like she's telling stories through the work, but then she's also like having like a visual part, uh-huh. like uh, with um, different mediums, you know, building out stuff. And I like doing that too. Yeah, I've started doing like conceptual build outs and stuff like for We Matter. Yep. Man, y'all, I'm telling you, I don't, I know this, I know this not going to be edited yet by Friday. Uh, it may be. Oh, wow. Tight. I'm going to be on the plane to New York on Wednesday, so I'm going to try and get Oh, okay. That'd be cool. But anyways, <laughs> like this, this show about to be tight, y'all. <laughs> Flat out. And that's in Columbia, Missouri. That's in Columbia, Missouri. Which is awesome. Um, after this show, do you have any other shows set up or is it just kind of play it by they come seasonally? Uh, yeah, I'll be showing work at the National Portrait Gallery in October. That's awesome. At That's huge. Smithsonian, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the pieces from We Matter. Oh, my God. Yep. What does that consist of? <laughs> so I'm in a runnings for the Outwin Boochover. Uh, the what? Outwin Boochover. 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 I'm saying it right. It's a, it's a, a, a photo competition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same one that Amy Sherrill won years ago. She's a, the artist painter that did the uh, painting of Michelle Obama. Yep. That's in the Smithsonian. Her national portrait, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she won the same award that I'm up for. That's right incredible. Now. Yep. Her work is f- amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was alongside Kehinde Wai work. Of course. Who did, did the Obama's. Obamas. Yeah. And, and yeah. And so that's in September. You find out that October. Out. Oh, October, October. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a sh- solo show happening. Then I suppo- I'm showing work at Moad Museum of African American Diaspora. Is that in DC? No, that's in San Francisco. Oh, okay. And then I'll be showing at Part Two in March, a solo show. What's oh the Part, part two, two Gallery, which is your gallery that's gallery. representing? Yeah, you. exactly. Yep. Um. I feel like there's so much more to even cover. It's late. We're fucking tired. What time is it? Oh my God, it's almost one thirty. We need to give it. And I got to get out to goddamn North <laughs> County. Your baby. <laughs> she sleep. She's smart. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about uh, black women over breathing or any other entrepreneurial efforts you got going on. Multitudes of had had. Uh, yeah. You don't do that anymore. No. Oh, how come? I just, you know. Move on. Move on. Yeah. That's cool. Shout out to everybody who got one. Well, I think that's, uh, you have a lot of love in St. Louis. People always want to connect with you. I appreciate your time. I definitely cannot remember the last time that we sat down for two fucking hours. Right. We've never done this. Nope. But I have enjoyed it fuck, uh, thoroughly. And uh, I can't wait to just keep, talking and catching up with you and seeing what's going on with your life as you continue to make beautiful work. My dude. I love you, man. Love you back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, You know, you know what the thought that just popped in my head? What? Years ago when podcasts first started getting popular. Are we supposed to do one? we, We wanted to do one. And I wanted to call it black and white photography. Yeah. I was like, I can't do the motherfucking name, bro. I you stood my ground. Yet. You can't do it. I stood yet. my ground. 
<laughs> so next time, until next time, I'm black and white. <laughs> official, unofficial black. I have uh, everybody else out there can be jealous that I stole two hours of Adrian's time because uh, he is a shadow. He's a ghost. Yeah, He's I want right. to. I mean, y'all, y'all better listen to this. This is actually probably the best one I ever done. I think it is. This is real. Yeah, this is super real. This is just a conversation that we recorded, right. and uh, I don't know what else to say about that. Yeah, That's y'all motherfuckers be traveling. Listen to it. Y'all be listening to all that other shit. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have a following, which is amazing. Yeah, uh, I'm blown away. That's only the sixth fucking podcast. Yeah, right. You're part of the original ten, and I have some. Pretty cool plans for uh, each section of people that I interviewed to get together mm-hmm. and and talk to each other and collaborate and and break bread and just have a good time with each other. So right. this first 10, I'm trying to get a good wide range of my friends that I'm happy to call my friends. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy to call you one of my friends. And, uh, you know, I just hope that we can keep doing this 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 200 episodes from now. Yep. And well, keep catching back. up. I'll be back. I have some other cool stuff that going on probably. Oh, I, I don't doubt it for a minute. Yeah, I might bleach my skin. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy, Sammy Sosa? <laughs> yeah, I just want to go check. <laughs> you got to go pink before you go white. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll cut it before we get even more weird. All right. I've uh, enjoyed talking with you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Where can people catch you? Uh, I'm going to give you my website, yeah. adrianowalker.com. And then you can find all my social media stuff through there. Yeah. And um, the show is going to be in Columbia, Missouri throughout when? Uh, through October. Yep. Awesome. So, so if you got there'll be plenty Columbia, of time to catch that. And if you're in any of the neighboring cities, come see it. Uh, you got, for the D.C. folks, I'll be out there October, San Francisco, Oakland, Moad, December, uh, March 2020, part two, Oakland. Awesome. All right, man. Let's catch up next year then. Definitely. All right. All right, bro. Peace. Yep. Yes, 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 yes. Another one in the archives. Uh, Kind of a a beautiful thing about doing this podcast is that since this finished, uh, Adrian and I have just kept in touch a little bit more. And I love that. Um, Not that we hadn't been talking before, but, you know, people just drift apart the older they get. And the more complicated life becomes, you got family, you got kids, you got job, everything on top of everything, and you just kind of lose touch with the people that you really care about. So uh, Adrian and I have just been texting, calling quite a bit more, keeping in touch with each other. And if that is the only outcome of this entire podcast, then it is a huge benefit to me. But hopefully you dig it too. Uh, Let's see. I got another interview already done. I got a couple done, and they should be coming out each week from now on unless uh, Fox News keeps calling me back to go on their show and selling more snake bites. That wouldn't be bad, but I'm just wanting to get this podcast more and more regular. The more frequently I do it, the more comfortable I feel, uh, the more confident I, I, I feel in the approach and the interviews, and I think that just makes for a better listening product for everybody involved. Uh, next week will be Indiana Rome 
good friend of mine, 007, Agent 007, Indiana Rome. And uh, he has got a lot of interesting things to say. We get into hip hop quite a bit, his career throughout music, uh, and how to uh, stay focused and stay hustling. So uh, I hope you, you come back then. Thanks for all the people who listened to this one all the way to the end. And uh, I'll talk to you again next time.